0: This is the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation.
1: Hey, hello and welcome back to the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. I'm your host, Joe Redding, the Director of Sales and Business Development at PSA, and I'm happy to be joined by esteemed podcast partner, Marty Wolf. Uh esteemed. Esteemed, <laughs> esteemed,
2: yes. Esteemed, you threw me off there. Um my esteemed colleague. <laughs> Hi, Joe. It's great to, great to be uh, back with you on the PSA podcast. Really looking forward to speaking with uh with your guest today. You wrote a great book that I loved and I think has so much value. So this is gonna be really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um Mike's got a real interesting history. A uh, background in uh, the Internet of Things and smart technologies and what he's doing. So I'm looking forward to it as well. So, uh, but you can certainly find more information about PSA at, uh, at our website, www.psasystems.com. So I wanted to be sure to get that in there. Uh, so, okay. So today's podcast, we will be discussing the business and technology behind Industry 4.0, smart manufacturing, and a company called Festo Didactic, which uh, they're really leading the way and advanced smart educational automation training cells. So, Marty, without further ado, I'd like to introduce introduce our guest uh, this morning. Uh, We're joined by Mike Nager. Uh, Mike, how are you doing?
0: Very good, very good, Joe. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate joining your podcast today. Fantastic. So, Mike, you're the author
1: of two publications that I know of here, The Smart Student's Guide to Smart Manufacturing and Industry 4.0, as well as The Smart Manufacturing Terms You Need to Know. You're also a keynote speaker at several industry events and podcasts, and you're recognized as a top 10 influencer for Industry 4.0 and a top 100 influencer for the Industry Internet of Things. Uh, So, Mike, you've also work for world-class manufacturers of industrial controls and you have been inside over 500 manufacturing facilities throughout the Americas and Europe so quite a quite a resume there uh, and you're also the co-founder of the solution center at Festo didactic the leading provider of technical training equipment and in this role uh, you work with your colleagues in universities to create smart learning factories inside the classroom to educate the next generation of technicians and engineers so it sounds like you're quite the authority here. And uh, again, I think we're gonna have a really good discussion here. So thanks for joining.
0: Yeah, my pleasure, Joe.
1: Great. So um, what I'd like to do is let's just talk a little bit about you know, how you became so interested in, in smart manufacturing and in industry
0: 4.0. Yeah, so Joe, as you read in my biography, I, I've spent my career working for manufacturers of industrial controls, automation, all the components that go into the modern manufacturing plant and i've been lucky in that i've always had customer facing positions within those organizations which meant i got to go out and see a whole lot of stuff being made because the controls the sensors the connectors that are all used um, by manufacturers span every industry so from automotive to pharmaceutical uh, even into the utility plants So, you know, after 20 some years in the field, you know, I recognize that this was a a pretty unique experience. There's not many people in the general public that can say they've been inside that many manufacturing plants and seen that many things being made. And, you know, it really dawned on me when I started at Festo Didactic, which is about six years ago now. Festo Didactic's a provider of technologies used in training and education. Of all the technical disciplines, mm-hmm. and and when I started talking to people, uh, they have really no idea what's going on inside a modern manufacturing plant if they do not have direct experience, and most people do not have that direct experience. So, so that's what led me uh, to write the the, the books uh, that you had mentioned in in my introduction, and uh, try to get the word out about. All the great opportunities that exist for jobs and careers and uh, to, to let people know that manufacturing is a high tech industry and something that they can, you know, really be happy with if they choose it as a career choice. Okay, so
1: that's, that was really the, the path forward for you in writing that book was really to for the, the student to gain inspiration maybe on, on going to look for these high tech manufacturing jobs. Uh, You know, as a career path, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, definitely one aspect of it. You know, uh, people need to see and kind of get their hands on and to really understand any technical discipline, especially. And most people, unfortunately, don't have the opportunity to see the robotics and the automated systems that are operating in today's production plants. So the book, you know, was Definitely uh, aimed at trying to give students an idea, you know, that it, it, they should look into it, but also for counselors and parents that are trying to guide young people into a career path, to give them the confidence to say, yeah, let's let's check out manufacturing for my son or my daughter, um, because, you know, it, it could be a great opportunity for them in the future.
1: No, I think that's a good point. And, you know, we've even had other discussions, other podcasts that, you know, talk about the, the, the school aspect, the training, the getting, getting to the, the high school level or the, the technical uh, level where you're getting those counselors and even these, to your point, parents educated or at least knowledgeable enough to speak to the students to help guide them, you know, down a career path and, and far too often uh, even at the, the counselor level for what we found is they're just really not that up to speed, I guess you could say, on what technologies are available in, in those marketplaces and what's really happening in manufacturing. And, and to your point, you, you said it is like, you, this is designed to help make them more aware. So are you really trying now to get this publication into their hands and, um, and, and are you visiting the these smaller the high schools the technical the technical schools to to get this into their hands and, and educate them a little bit more
0: yes yeah definitely Joe so you know on a on a monthly basis I'm invited into different universities colleges or, or high schools to be a guest speaker uh, over zoom the last two years more than in person but that's starting to pick back up again and um, you know to to try to you know, convince people that they're on the right path. Um, when I'm invited to those places, though, it's a little bit of preaching to the choir because people have already made the decision to go into more of a, of a technical field. Mm-hmm. So I'm even trying to back it up one step further. So, uh, you know, if, if you look at across the United States, there's thousands upon thousands of school districts. You know, if you're just looking at the high school level, there's something like 4 or 5,000 districts in the United States, so it's highly fragmented, highly decentralized. And you know, within any of those districts, there's funding decisions that have to be made, and that's done by local politicians or, you know, assembly boards or or you know whatever it's called in that particular uh, region. And what I'm trying to do is is to help influence them as well because They've got a big decision to make. They have to spend taxpayer money on education. You know that's that's well known. Um, but what do they spend it on? You know, do they spend it on uh, auto body repair? Do they spend it on um, a beautician uh, uh, type uh, courses? Do they spend it on people or programs that are healthcare related? And what I find all over the country is there's no one advocating for manufacturing in a very uh, coordinated manner so i'm trying to help on that and have them consider hey manufacturing is coming back to the united states in a big way it's pretty obvious from what we hear in the news Mm -hmm. Uh, you would be well prepared to have a program in your district that's related to the manufacturing skills that are needed and this is why and and that's what I'm, i'm trying to really spend my time on now joe
1: yeah. So now this is also then parlays into the Festo Didactic world, then correct? Because then now you can influence to get the the education geared towards smart manufacturing, or at least towards manufacturing in to some some extent, and then you can then parlay and pull in what you know your company Festo Didactic has to offer and it, to offer some of those solutions uh, for training and then technical education. Correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly uh, right, Joe. So Festo Didactic is uh, the world's largest provider of equipment and curriculum related around manufacturing and engineering and active all over the world on, on almost every country in the world. And, and what we like to do is, um, you know, try to talk to people to set up an effective training and education program. You know, our parent company and our organization is based in Germany. Germany has a very well respected and well-known apprentice and hands-on educational system. And learning really happens with that hands-on aspect of 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 the training. So when we talk about, you know, say the decision is made, okay, we want to, to teach industrial engineering, plant maintenance, and smart manufacturing at our organization, we help them develop the right equipment sets that the students get their hands-on experience with along with the curriculum for the instructors and the teachers so that's kind of what our job is on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah so i was fortunate enough to uh to meet you several years ago uh you know when i was with abb robotics so my prior to joining psa you know i worked for abb uh, an, an oem robot manufacturer and and festo at that time was looking to you know partner with a a a broader range of robot OEMs and uh, so I was able to meet with you and and had the opportunity to tour the Festo didactic facility there in New Jersey and it's a fantastic facility um you guys are you showcase yourself really really well and and Marty they manufacture what what I consider to be these like mini factories And, and it could have like a robot in there some conveyors uh end of arm tools and TLCs and HMIs. It's like really taking the the factory and minimizing it into a footprint that could fit in a classroom, but give them yet all the education around smart manufacturing and this, you know, internet of things and and all that. They do a fantastic job. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff that you do there.
2: Well, Joe, if I can just jump in for a minute, I mean, and you talk about it in your book, uh, Mike, that, uh, so much of this is technology, and um, I guess that's what the message isn't really getting out, because once they see, you know, what they're interested in uh, is technology, and most young people, thats uh, they don't realize how much technology they're using every day, right? And uh, the more that, I guess, the more that message can get out, how exciting it is, you talk about it in the book again, Mike, that, uh, you know, it's this... These manu- most of the manufacturing is not these dirty old places that some parents or educators have in their minds. I mean, it's sophisticated equipment, sophisticated technology. Am I right, Mike?
0: Oh yeah, you definitely hit it on the head, Marty. So, you know, you go into world class manufacturers, which the U.S. has many of. Uh, you're going to find clean, well lit um, uh, production facilities. If you tour any of our um, our own facilities at the Festo corporation or a Festo company, you're going to find exactly the same thing. You know, it's spotless. There's not piles or, or drips of oil on the floor. In fact, in Germany, our latest manufacturing plant that we, we opened up, we painted everything white. So it's white floors, Mm. white walls, and this is producing uh, all sorts of pneumatic electronic industrial controls. So, um, That's Mm -hmm. how confident we are um, that this um, smart manufacturing is taking off. We're actually using it in our own production processes. Wow. Yeah, and and that gives us a real uh, kind of an 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 authority to speak. You know, because you know we're not speaking just from a a training and education standpoint. We're we're speaking from well, we're part of a corporation that is a world class manufacturer, Mm -hmm. and we're bringing that knowledge into our curriculum and into our equipment because you know you are based in southern germany that's one of the most expensive places in the world to do business with um with uh, wages and taxes and utility cost uh yet every year we're expanding our our production out of southern germany Mm. because of the power of automation and smart manufacturing
2: Mm. okay joe back to you man
0: yeah so this this technology
1: has been evolving for quite some time and and if i still so i go back to like 20 2010 when uh you know this the, the whole internet of things has started to come into into life and, and and smart manufacturing and and taking advantage of data right data that has that could be collected and i, I remember when uh abb first launched their what they call a like, robo care solution where you could put the robots on a network and your entire fleet could then report data up through and, and gather analytics. I mean, that's just, so you look back, that's now 20, that's, that's 12 years ago. And, and it just feels to me like that it's just now starting to come and get into into fruition, becoming more and more popular. And it's not necessarily just a, a buzzword, it's now coming in, practical use. And, and are you seeing that as you get engaged in other manufacturers and learning more what's important to them, that they're embracing this technology?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely do, Joe. You know, part part of my job is to help be a bridge between education and industry. So, you know, on the very front end of any project or any discussion, you know, there's discussion both with educators and with the local industry, you know, whatever that local industry may be and you know with very very few exceptions everyone is moving towards more of a smart operation Uh, not in a small part because all the equipment that's being purchased has this capability built into it already you know joe you mentioned I I O T. you know it wasn't long ago where you know ethernet you know, computer networks on the plant floor were something that were was never even considered not even possible. Well, today, almost every machine or almost every device that's inside every machine has an IP address. And that gives you great ability to collect, store, and transmit data. And people are starting to look at this data. What can we do with this data? How can we make better business decisions with this data? We're, we're already getting it it seems a shame not to use it maybe that'll give us a competitive advantage so th- that's where i i see uh, most uh, facilities most brownfield facilities at least you mm-hmm. know there's an incremental uh, part where you know there's still a lot of low hanging fruit out there about just making your operations more efficient for example mike if
2: um is is the need or lack thereof of us of a workforce part of the driving factor and and what you're doing and what you're learning that uh, you can't find can't find workers i mean is that part of the reason why smart manufacturing is uh is coming or is here and going to continue to grow what's your opinion on that
0: yeah yeah so you know those, those things are very kind of entangled and there's kind of a chicken in the egg thing uh, going on so you know if Every poll over the last 20 years, let's say, you know, in the top three concerns of manufacturers has been workforce right so uh, you know, as the years go on. uh, The average work, you know, the average person in the workforce age is increasing in manufacturing and you know it's a it's a it's a great concern so so you know there's a shortage of people with very specific skill sets. So Festo didactic helps educators create, you know, a workforce that has those skill sets. And then on the smart manufacturing side, you know, when people are educated in this technology, go into an existing plant, they can be a real value add into that plant. Saying, hey, when I was in school, I saw how uh, uh, inexpensive vibration sensor, gave you know a heads up uh, when something needed maintenance and this was a very simple uh a thing to do but something maybe not considered so so there's a a, a great you know a circle between industry and and education that they they feed and improve upon each other
1: yeah and i think it's a pretty exciting time right now for the the youth right because it, it seems like today's youth very much involved in technology. Certainly, at a very young age, now having you know, smartphones in their hands, uh, other devices that allow them to to be engaged in the in the internet, right, and, and to gaming and things of that nature. So it feels like in the next few years, this whole desire to be educated in smart manufacturing is, to me, I think is really going to take off, and and I don't see any other way. Than, than to not take off because it's just the, the wave of the future for this next generation of uh uh kids coming out of school. What do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so, Joe. You know, if you if you look at a, the macro view, the demographics, um, you know, finally um, you know, the the average age is catching up with everyone, right? So the 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 baby boomers are are, are now, you know, I, I forget what the statistics were, but it was something like, you know 5,000 baby boomers a day are retiring from their jobs, you know, so they're ending their 40 plus year career. That baby boomer generation was huge, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just in the shadow of it. I'm a Gen X myself. So I was kind of in the shadow of the baby boomers. So you're going to have, you're having this max exodus of people leaving the workforce. And then you, at the same time, you've got all these geopolitical things going on in the world that are strengthening the push towards reshoring manufacturing Mm. back to Mm -hmm. the us right yeah so you know just a few months ago you know um uh, intel announced that they were putting in a a, a semiconductor production plant you know not in taiwan not you know somewhere in the far eastern part of the world but in ohio and it's like whoa uh, this has been unheard of in kind of in our working career it's it's been going the other way but so young people today you know they they have the advantage is they're 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 fewer in number than the baby boomer exiting generation and new skill sets digital skill sets are needed for the smart manufacturing that's going to take its place so
1: yeah and and this whole reshoring and and smart manufacturing is is all you know predicated and making things so hopefully in the future making the supply chain issues less of a burden uh not, so we're not so reliant on uh, the, the global marketplace maybe uh for supply chain where we can actually have more control over here if we onshore more and more uh you know locally so uh, i think it's going to be uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the coming years uh, for manufacturing and in the smart manufacturing
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. And that's part of the reason why I am in this field, Joe.
1: Yeah. And you, and you talk some in the book, you know, you, you you do a good job in the book of outlining through the various chapters, the jobs associated with the, the the topics that you're discussing and the engineering. So it's like the software engineers, the programmers, the software development teams down through operations and maintenance techs and service engineers so it goes on and on and on there's so many opportunities and and then you even do a very good job of noting you know the, the pay scales for each to just to give an idea of what's out there and what's available and it's kind of eye eye opening and certainly to get these this book you know out into the right hands it, it's really going to bring to light the opportunities available to these uh, Young students coming out of uh, high school, or even maybe out of a tech school or a, a two-year vocational, you know, education institution.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and, and that's like one of the best kept secrets in, in our country right now is that, you know, there are vocational programs, say at the associate's degree level, uh, that pay just as much to their graduates as the average four-year degree will pay um, uh, the graduates of, of those programs. Um, but without, um, the time commitment, you know, without the, the debt load, um, in, in some places in the country, community colleges is, is free or almost free already. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's gaining a uh, momentum and, and you have the chance to kind of experiment, to make money, to see you know how much you like it and then you know further your education you know a little bit further down the line you know when when you have a a better idea of which area you want to concentrate on so it's it's really a great opportunity not everyone has to go to a four-year college um, to, to be very very successful in smart manufacturing
1: absolutely so tell me how do students or counselors or parents, how do they gain access to to this book, to the to the uh, Smart uh, Students Guide?
0: Yeah, so uh, b- both the books are available in paperback and uh, in ebook. Uh, the the paperbacks are available on Amazon. The ebooks are available om- almost everywhere. There's there's I learned after I wrote them. There's a whole distribution network for publications. I had no <laughs> idea about until I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, Joe as a special offer to your, your listeners. If, if they would are interested in one or both of these, uh, publications, uh, that I wrote, you know, they're free to drop me a line on, on LinkedIn and I would be happy to send them a complimentary, uh, ebook download code, uh, so that they can get that oh, at no cost. Fantastic. I'll make
1: sure to put that in our show notes. And then when we, uh, actually, publish this out into the, into uh, our social platforms. We'll make sure they, they have that as known and they have access to that. Much appreciated. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, so
0: happy to get the word out.
1: Yeah, so a little bit more about Festo Didactic, if we could. Uh, so they're a global company, right? You say they're, they're based in, in Germany. Uh, how How is the supply chain affecting your team right now? Not just Festo, not just Festo Corporation, but Festo Didactic because you are now in the in the solution center, right? You're selling solutions and having to pull all this together, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of like what we do at PSA, being a solution provider for automated sales. Uh, you're kind of doing the same stuff. So how is it affecting you?
0: Yeah. So you, you might imagine the answer, uh, Joe, because I'm sure you're you're feeling it as well. So... You know, Festo didactic, you know, is is the arm of the Festo Corporation involved in training and education that we've been talking about. The Solution Center is the department of Festo didactic that provides um, what you were describing before, a learning factory. So we are providing basically a fully functioning factory scaled down so it fits inside the classroom. and, And typically... The work piece that we're making is a simulated cell phone. So just to give your listeners mm-hmm. an idea of the size of the conveyors. Uh, we are in the Solution Center, uh, an authorized system integrator with several of the control and robotics companies. So KUKA and, and FANUC and, and ABB, uh, Siemens, Rockwell, all recognize us as a system integrator with especially in education because, you know, we're totally dedicated to education. These learning factories only go into community colleges, um, universities, once in a while into the training centers of a manufacturing plant. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, as such, you know, the bulk of what we are supplying is not made by Festo, you know, much more than, you know, I would say 90% of the value of our learning factory is outside equipment coming from you know, companies like uh, ABB mm-hmm. uh, Robotics. And uh, we are seeing in some cases up to nine month delivery uh, time uh, estimates to get that product so that we can then integrate it into the learning factory. So it, it's affecting us big time and uh, forcing us to be very creative and, and how we can help out customers in the meantime.
1: Wow, that is super challenging. I mean, you think we said earlier, um, you know, you're dealing with these the schools and they have budgets and certainly there's certain approvals that need to be gained uh, to, to, to fund these and invest in this type of technology and these solutions, you know, for their classrooms. And yet then they're trying to develop a curriculum around them. And now they have to, say okay now we have to plan on when we're going to release this curriculum because when we're going to be able to get this equipment into our you know into our labs boy that's that's challenging on several fronts there
0: yeah yeah it's channel challenging um although we do have a nice advantage and and because you know what we're providing is industry 4.0 training equipment part of that is that the equipment is very modular in nature so it, it's not rigid. It's built to be modular. So having that modularity is helping us right now because now we can say, hey, you know, we we can deliver five of our six modules right now. Get you started. Um, maybe the ro- robot module has to wait, um, you know, for a few more months, and we'll deliver that at a later date. So so that gives us a, a little bit of flexibility and, and helps out our customers because.
2: Well, Joe, Joe, you know we have great relationships with our regional, uh, well, actually, statewide, with our junior colleges. This is going to be a great show, yeah. And information to share with with our with our partners that are in education, right?
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Let,
2: let them know about this, the guide, that Mike's work, and and things like that. Now, so we're talking about technology. If you'll allow me another minute, Joe. Sure. Um, and, and I was very pleased to see that in the book that's about technology and smart manufacturing and industry, you brought up emotional intelligence and soft skills and things like that. So where does that kind of information or, or the thought process enter into, um, you know, being part of a, a company, I guess. What's your thoughts on that, Mike?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning that, uh, uh, Marty. So I, I had a couple reasons for including that in, in the book. And, and one is that, you know, if, if, if we believe this philosophy that things are becoming more automated over time, what we're finding is that we have, you know, robots, you know, robots like from ABB replacing very repetitive, manual, tasks right so you know uh, the, the cases are going up those those tasks that are repetitive and can be automated are going to robotics at the exact same time we have software robotics going on so you know the the automated call centers for example is a good example of that so artificial intelligence is replacing the need for people to perform very menial repetitive mental tasks so think about answering the phone or transposing figures into a spreadsheet which is still done in a lot of different operations so it's almost a darwinian thing what jobs are going to be left in the future if all these kind of repetitive menial physical and mental tasks are automated and it's going to be the ones that take advantage of the core strength of the human mind and that's where soft skills teamwork come into play and a lot of those soft skills are related around well how are teams most effective in working Mm. and because you know operations span the globe now you know the multinationals might have teams that have members from the us from europe from asia from africa Uh, that emotional uh, maturity um, that cultural awareness becomes super critical in how that team uh, performs. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, every year it seems like there's a new soft skill that's being identified and named as something that's going to be very, very important. Because because we're using people to use their full mental facility, you know, capabilities, uh, right. not using yeah. them as a tool or as a robot. So, smart manufacturing takes the robot out of people, right? So, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, way to put it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you still it. you still need to yet be able to communicate and work efficiently and effectively with your colleagues. And to your point, whether it be down the street in the office or across the globe, uh, certainly if COVID did anything for us, it'll, it it enabled us to work effectively remotely in a lot of cases. I and mean, even at uh, PSA, uh, we have a number of what we call internal meetings, yet they're done remotely. Uh, yeah. And, to, and still to be able to have those soft skills to, to communicate and to work remotely, responsibly, you know, effectively. So uh, kind of taking on the approach of, of allowing individuals to have their um, kind of like in charge of their own destiny, so to speak, yet having the, the mindset to keep the company first and foremost in their mind, saying, I got to do what's right for the company. I'm taking the responsibility. Uh, I'm going to be you know just I'll I'll do this job on my on my own I'll have I have the mindset to do that and that's to you when you may mention it not necessarily or is it a soft skill it's a soft skill but it's like a durable skill right as you say it lasts a lifetime and to certainly hone the that durable soft skill will benefit you for you know for ages
0: yeah yeah that's exactly right and and that's a, a phraseology that i I picked up at a national academy of engineering meeting in washington dc a few years ago Uh, that's part of the national science foundation and i I believe it was someone from the boeing corporation uh, that had mentioned that and they said you know they you know there's a lot of focus on you know the technical skills you know rightly so because you know we're living in in a technical world but these uh, these soft skills almost sound like they're not as important. So why don't we rename them durable skills? Because mm-hmm. this will yeah. last your career. It doesn't change, you know, nearly as fast. And and I think in the book I might have mentioned that you know when I was at the University of Scranton as a student, you know I learned Fortran 77 from one of its uh, yeah. founding inventors. Uh, Guess how many times I've used fortran seventy seven in the <laughs> last uh, 20 years, let's say <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but but that course I had to take on introductory writing and and speaking skills, which I definitely did not appreciate at the time has um, has done me probably a, a lot more good so
2: okay joe joe there's so much in this book we could spend an hour here i mean i i wanted to talk about additive manufacturing and blockchain and so many things that, that's
1: in the book that yeah. we could
2: go on forever but joe you need to herd the cats here i think
1: huh? yeah yeah let's i guess we could let's kind of wind it down and um what i like to do uh mike as i end up the uh finish up the podcast is talk a little bit about like a success story and if you could share something that uh with, with recent uh, successes that you had, whether it be, you know, uh, out on the, the, the tour that you'd go around doing, doing uh, speaking at conferences or whether it be with Festo Didactic and, uh, but just look, give us a, a sense of an accomplishment or uh, uh, that you've had recently here. for success. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'd be glad to uh, uh, Joe. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of my business at Festo Didactis, Didactic is at the technical school and the community college level. Uh, recently, though, uh, we've had some some very nice projects at four-year universities, typically in the industrial engineering and mechanical engineering departments. And uh, you know, one success story I'd like to um, bring up, related to that, is our cooperation and involvement with West Virginia University, over there in Morgantown, West Virginia. So. We developed a system for them a few years ago, delivered it for their industrial engineering uh, program, and you know it was it was a good customer uh, for us. Uh, But that customer has turned into something a little more. And uh, West Virginia University and Festo Didactic both wrote and won a grant uh, with the smart manufacturing. I'm sorry, the smart uh, manufacturing energy. Association uh, to do uh, curriculum and research related to reducing the amount of energy related to manufacturing um, uh, operations. So there, you know, we, we definitely had kind of a, a producer customer relationship, but now we have a, a partnership uh, relationship uh, working on the SESAME, Clean Energy for Smart Manufacturing. Um, that, that's what that acronym stands for. So, um, we're about six months away from publishing it, uh, but when we do, it'll be curriculum that's available, uh, to anyone in the country that wants to incorporate it into, you know, high school uh, or, uh, two-year college level, uh, uh mm-hmm. courses. So that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so the manufacturing, you know, there's 16 manufacturing institutes around the US, and this was the first one that Festo actually uh, uh, was part of a project with a a university so. That's that's
1: excellent congratulations on that and we'll look forward to that publication, when it does come out, Uh, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, Yeah, and WVU that's not too far away from PSA's uh, Pittsburgh location um, out there in uh, Lawrence PA so easy. Easy trip down seventy nine. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, of, uh, yeah. Definitely, I be, I'll be I'll be speaking at the Smart Manufacturing Experience in June of twenty twenty two, and uh, and um, my um, uh, partner over at West Virginia University will be there as well. So we're going to talk about this project uh, there, and then also out at Purdue University later in the summer, we'll be publishing a white paper about it. So
1: fantastic. Okay. Well, so how can our listeners get in contact with you, Mike?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an open networker on LinkedIn. I would say that is, is the best, uh, best place. I'm fortunate I have kind of a unique name. So there's not many people that you have to sift through. If you just type Mike Neger, N-A-G-E-R into LinkedIn, uh, send me a message. I'd be happy to connect with you and you know, mention that you heard me on this podcast and I'll get you over an ebook complimentary.
1: Uh, that's fantastic. So Mike, thanks for joining Marty and I, uh, today. It's been, uh, it's been
0: a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for listening to the PSA BizTech podcast. The PSA BizTech podcast is a production of Production Systems Automation. More information on this podcast and PSA can be found at psasystems.com. That's psasystems.com.